the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Word to Stand On for Life. My name is Pastor Ken Cruzado. It is Thursday. It's the date day edition. And so what that means is the Word to Stand On for Life will continue as we normally do to answer your Bible questions, uh, questions about how to put the Word of God into practice in your life, um, how to make it more practical, questions about what we believe and why we believe it. But on date day, which is today... It's a little bit special, and it's actually more fun, because I get to share the studio with my best friend, my lovely wife, May, who's here with me. You want to say hi, babe? Sure. Hey, hello. It's good to be here. So as normally what we do here on Date Day with Pastor Ron and Paula is we take questions together. So if you are out there listening and you have questions about uh, relationships, about your marriage about how to apply the Word of God in your marriage, well, that's why we're here. So let me give you the phone numbers, how to submit your question, or how to uh, call your questions in. 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. The toll-free number is 877-630-630. Five seven five seven eight seven seven six three zero five seven five seven. The email address, if you want to submit questions that way, is questions at calvarysa.com. And you can use our app, the church app. Uh, you can call in with the KSLR app. Either way, uh, we'd love to hear from you today on the date day edition. So, sweetie, that. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? Um, what about talking about a little bit about our um, Philippians? A little bit about our Philippians. Uh, we've been going through a little devotion. Love it. Together. And so we happen to be in Philippians 3, verse 13. Um, it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And verse 14, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. I love, love that. And this is one of the things that, that stuck out to me. We're going through Philippians together. We're wrapping it up in our time and this is a book that you and I have read through many, many times, but this time we've been going through it a little bit slowly, slower than usual, and talking about these things. And, and this is one of those those passages that I, I really love. My favorite part is in verse 14, that the pressing on toward the goal to win the prize. I, You know, I'm, I'm reminded of a little bit of last night, no, 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 Wednesday night Bible study here at Calvary Chapel. I, I taught through First Samuel and focused in on Hannah's heart. 
and how she pressed on. And I didn't cite this verse, but this is exactly what Paul the Apostle is talking about. You know, it's so easy to quit when, when things don't go your way. And I remember with Hannah, just thinking about everything that she's been through and the, the, the difficult people she had in her life. It's so easy to just say, I quit. And she didn't. She pressed on. She kept praying and seeking the Lord no matter what happened around her. And it doesn't mean that like uh, that you don't get affected by things. It's more like you bring it to Jesus. And then um, like verse 13, I, I think of the past, like um, things in the past can weigh us down and, oh, yeah. and we could actually become stagnant if we let it. So I was thinking of how we need to press on, not only press on, but when, when he says uh, basically to uh, forget what's behind, yes. especially those things that want to keep us stagnant. Isn't that true that the things from our past, uh, we know that's not who we are anymore, but if we're not close to Jesus, I mean, those things will take us back down again. I mean, last night after service, we had seen some faces that we haven't seen in a while. And it was good to see people in church. And some of the conversations were about that. There's things in the past. One person I remember talking to with you, and, and I was saying, hey, where you been? And it was, oh, everywhere but here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and things from the past just weighing them down. But yeah, that's that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. And I want you to hold that thought, though, because I don't want to keep our callers waiting. We do have a call on line one. So let's go to our phone calls. Line one, Ron from Converse. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Kid. How are you doing, sir? Hi, Ron. I'm doing well. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, hello to you and your wife. Um, and, uh, Hi there. I was listening yesterday and... Um, I think you're an amazing um, um, fill-in for um, for Pastor Ron, and perhaps oh, someday you'll have, your own sh- you'll have your own <laughs> show because you're right on the mark, right spot on, and uh, there's no sugarcoating. And uh, you, I, I know you know your your scriptures just from the. It, you didn't have to look anything up; it's from your heart. Now, I have a, a question that is it's it's sensitive. I used to be a Catholic, okay. and I I wanted to hear your perspective on. Um, I've talked to many people recently, and within the last uh, three years, it's been almost three years now since I've given my life my life entirely, and my daughter Randy, she's twenty five. She's a complete little Christian warrior. She was once a Catholic too. Oh, yes, and in in our it. estimation, there's thank you. There's Catholics who have a they have a good heart, but they're putting their heart to me. It was in the wrong direction. Even my father, before he passed, he said, "I don't want the rosary." He was he, he died a Baptist. My mother, mother was a uh, excuse me a, a Catholic, but she in her last years she gave her life to Jesus Christ and um, um, went a different direction. Now I I know there's okay. Catholics and there's Christians, and Catholics think they're Christians insofar as their salvation. Um, uh, like he did not want the rosary. Uh, my daughter, I mean, my sister is, uh, she is hard uh, Catholic. I don't think I've tried. She gets very upset, uh, quietly upset. If you, if you try to turn her and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And um, sure. I, I know the Bible does say you warn them once, warn them twice. After that, had nothing to do with them. Well, I have nothing to do with trying to convert her. I've tried and tried. She's my sister. Absolutely. She'll be my sister for life. And maybe she'll see the light like I did someday. But insofar as all of the, everything from no fish on Friday, the ash, ash the right. ashes, the uh, following all of the, 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 the man-made doctrines, the... Um, the statues worshiping and praying to the uh, the blessed uh, the, the Virgin Mary. See, that just came out from unconsciously. She is a <laughs> blessed woman, but she is not. She didn't save me. She didn't save you. She wasn't on the cross, and she didn't shed her blood. And she it was an amazing right. role to bring Jesus Christ into the world. But what is your perspective, sir, on the um, 
the fate, if I may say, of a Catholic who are deeply ingrained in Catholicism and all of the rites, practices, doctrines, and laws of the Catholic. And then um, when it when they have to answer for their life, and Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, yes. the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He also said, you know, there's no other name of heaven by which we would be saved. That's right. I, I just, my heart goes out to them. Um, I know that everybody has until they breathe their last to uh, turn to Jesus Christ, only Jesus Christ, for what he's done for us, to give him his heart as he gave us his before we even knew him. Well, I'll stop here and... Um, okay, Ron. And- yeah, thank you for your call. I, we have, both May and I, have quite a bit to say uh, about this particular topic, and so I think we can definitely help. First, I want to say thank you for your heart. It is obvious, Ron, that this is a burden because you care. And it should be. That's how it should be. When we have loved ones who are caught up in religion, uh, we know what the Bible says about religion. It's not religion that saves anybody, no matter what religion it is. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what, what the Bible calls being born again. Now, a couple of thoughts about that. So coming from a Catholic perspective, both May and myself grew up in Catholic homes. I got saved when I was 25 years old. And and I was the first one in my family, a, a, a staunchly Catholic family. We used to have the, the, the rosary at our house, the, and the statues used to be carried to our house uh, from different people in the community. And it was a, a big deal. And here's what I learned growing up Catholic. As an unsaved person, when I had questions, they were inappropriate to ask. Curious questions. Now, I wasn't saved, but I wanted to know more. I went to catechism. I went to CCD and, and did what I was told to do, but didn't understand why I was doing it. And as I got older, my life spun out of control, out of control absolutely a mess. And all this time, I was still going to church, going to church thinking, well, if I spend that hour on Sunday, a walk out of church feeling good. But I had absolutely no relationship with the Lord. But then at 25 years old, I finally gave my life to Jesus Christ when I was at the very end of my rope. And I realized that being Catholic or being religious didn't help me at all. So here's what I always point Catholics to. And you're right, Ron. It's not your job to convince them or to convert them. Uh, That's the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is to simply proclaim the truth. And I always point them to John chapter 3 when Jesus is engaging with Nicodemus. He is the most religious man in all of Israel, the smartest But he knew that there was still something missing. So to my Catholic friends and to my Catholic family, I never engage them in doctrinal debates. It's not helpful. I don't try to poke holes in their religion and what they believe. I don't show them or get into debates about why they're wrong or what they believe is wrong. I want to show them Jesus. I want to point them to what the scriptures say, not to what I think. And in John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he makes it super simple. You must be born again. And this, quite frankly, is what most Catholics uh, are oblivious to. The Catholic Church doesn't teach that you need to be born again. And so instead of you know, debating with them about the historicity of the religion and, and the fathers of their the church history, none of that matters. We talk about Jesus. And, and when you open your mouth, Ron, that you make sure that you're sharing with them what the scriptures say. And instead of making it an emotional thing or, or, or a doctrinal debate, read 
exactly what Jesus said to Nicodemus. And the second thing I would add to this is, you know, at least for us, we're Filipino. And so part of <clears throat> being a Filipino is Catholicism is tied into the culture. It's not just you go to church, but almost in the same way that the Hispanic culture is intertwined with Catholicism in many parts of the world, well, so it is for the majority of Filipinos. And when I came home as a born-again Christian, just gave my life to the Lord, I knew that I was born again. I knew it was brand new. And it wasn't because of religion. It was because of Jesus Christ. And so when I walked into my house that night, it was on November 30th, 1997. I remember walk, I was attending a, a, a evening service, gave my life to the Lord, went straight home. It was probably 10 o'clock. My dad was there. And, and my reputation in the household was terrible, and he didn't think I was going to church. I told him where I came from and what happened. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Everybody in the house is Catholic. And I said, I, I gave my life to Jesus. He didn't believe me. He didn't like it. He said, you're born a Catholic. You'll always be a Catholic. And there was no debate, no arguing. But from that moment on, I just made sure that my dad uh, and everybody else in my family saw Jesus in me. And that required for me to get to know Jesus more every single day. Now, when it comes to your sister, I think your question, Ron, was about the fate of your sister. Um, you know, we don't know anyone's fate, but we do know that those who are born again, are the only ones who are going to be in heaven. There are some Catholics who may be born again. It's not something that the, the Catholic Church teaches. But God doesn't save uh, groups of people. He saves individuals. And that's why when you spend time with your family, no matter how entrenched they are in Catholicism or any other religion, you show them Jesus. Uh, sweetie, did you want to add any thoughts to that? Uh, sure. Um, I just wanted to say that when I became a Christian, I did learn that um, for many years that, it, that, that that was religion, and I thought that I was saved, which I wasn't because I didn't have a relationship with Christ. And then I, I also learned that, I mean, religion can happen even in our church for some people individually, as Ken was talking about, it's an individual choice. So even, like, if you think about it this way, um, even people raised in the church, you know, it doesn't become real for them until they actually have that relationship for, with Christ. They, you know, for all we know, they can be learning religion and how to do church, and um, so, so when I um, when I minister, when I try to uh, be a light to my family, my focus is always okay. The gospel, the gospel, because once they, I believe that once they get saved, then God will do that all the other work. That's you know? right. And I, so I, I never debate, but I'm not really good at that anyway. <laughs> so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We, it, there's nothing that will ruin your witness more than engaging in ugly debates yeah. and on arguments. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of uh, Catholic family that we are still praying for. We, we sure so. do. So the, the other thing I wanted to mention about this, Ron, and maybe this would be uh, uh, from a different perspective, a source of encouragement for you. Uh, my whole family... From that night, I, I got saved. Little by little, the Lord began to work in their hearts. And it's not because of me, but it's because of the Holy Spirit working through me and, and into the, the hearts of my dad and my, my mom and everybody else. And this is exactly what happens to those who are born again. They have the Spirit of God living in them. You can't help but 
but show the love of Jesus Christ to those that are around you. And believe me, as a new believer, I, I remember thinking, okay, I need to study apologetics because I need to know how to answer uh, point by point everything that uh, you know some type of Catholic apologist is going to say. And it became a distraction, and there's no fruit that came from that at all. But showing them Jesus... And uh, so, well, um, I wanted to mention that um, Ken's mom was also a Catholic, and now, you know, she lives here in Texas, and now she serves, actually serves at Malta. <laughs> um, she got saved, she told me, 12 years ago, and um, it's been amazing yes. watching her grow. That's, she just loves the Lord. What a, what a, thank you for bringing that up, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, great story. I, I use a lot of my mom's uh, examples from our home growing up in, in sermon illustrations because uh, she will tell you that we were your typical Filipino Catholic family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there was a lot of religion, but not a lot of joy. And, and now you meet my mom, and she's just... Uh, a tiny bundle of joy that that you can tell Jesus has truly changed your heart, and that's what he does. And and one other thing too, Ron, you mentioned that you know to up to their dying moment or up to the the very end, staunch Catholics are are are, are will fight and and resist, but the Holy Spirit is persistent, and the Holy Spirit is stronger. Mm-hmm. Here's one example, anecdotal, but it still makes the point. I have an aunt. In fact, my mom is traveling to California right now. She's in California right now for for a funeral for my aunt, staunch Catholic, and very close to our family growing up. And this this dear aunt of mine was one that, that saw me and my family change but still clung to religion. And uh, on her deathbed, just uh, maybe a month or two ago, I had the opportunity to share with her. And I didn't say anything special. I just laid out the gospel message straight out of John thirteen, uh, John chapter 3. And it was as if, well, I know the Holy Spirit was preparing her heart because she received Jesus with open arms and with tears. She was ready to give her life to the Lord. And the past didn't matter. Sort of like that verse that we were just talking about, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 3. And so, Ron, thank you for your call. Keep praying for your family. Don't stop. Don't get distracted by um, the, the, the ups and the downs. And don't get distracted by the religion and, and, the, and the, the rituals and the traditions the Holy Spirit will take care of all of that. You get to the heart of the issue by sharing the gospel message with them and asking them if they want to be born again. That's when the change starts. Well, we've got just under three minutes left here in the first half, so we don't have time for a phone call or a new question. We have time for a high five. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> That's an inside joke here. Somebody, our producer told us that today is National High Five Day. And so there, there's our high five to commemorate. <laughs> okay. So, well, let's finish our thoughts, sweetie, on Philippians 3.13. Because this, this really was life-changing for us early in our walk with the Lord. Forgetting what is behind because not so much you, but me. Know, me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> He's well, talking I, about our past. We don't have there was a <laughs> lot of junk that I had to leave behind. And, and by fixing our eyes on Jesus, that's exactly what we did. And, uh, you know, we stop and we think sometimes and almost have to pinch ourselves like, was that really us? It was crazy. It was crazy. K 
Ken always says we sh- um, he should be dead. Well, we, we both should be dead with the kind of past that we had. Um, so, but, but when Ken got saved in 1997, soon after I caught on and uh, sought the Lord for myself. And since then, it's just been amazing. I feel like um, because we were uh, born again maybe 24 years ago, I feel like I'm 24. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. And we're almost 50. Yeah. We're, we're 20, almost 25. <laughs> yeah. So if you ask me, I'm 24, turning 25. <laughs> Uh, but that's why this passage in Philippians chapter 3, among so many, but this particular one, it, it really, really holds a special place in our hearts because uh, that's not who we are anymore. Um, we had a call or a question yesterday on the show about this exact same thing. This lady, poor lady, was so dragged down by her past. But yet, uh, she and it led her to question God's love for her. But if you leave what is behind, forgetting what is behind, and strain towards what is ahead, yeah, we're going to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys can hear the music. That means we are done with the first half of the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the day-day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. If you're just tuning in, because I know there are some radio listeners in their car that get off right at the halfway mark. They tune into the half, uh, second half of the show and listen to Pastor Ron. Well, if that's you today, you're listening to my voice because the date day edition today is me and my best friend, May, my wife. So we get to do the date day show, but we will continue like we normally do, answering your questions um, and, and questions about relationships, questions about the Bible and how the Word of God applies to your relationship, your marriage. And, and with that, before I give you the phone numbers, I do want to make a, a quick note. So in this second half of the show, uh, for you parents that are listening, there is going to be a question that was submitted that deals with material that may be inappropriate for children. And it's within the context of marriage, but uh, I do want to address it. I will mention it again a few minutes uh, before we head right into the question, not now, but sometime in the second half, just so you know, that is coming up. So the phone numbers to call in, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585, the toll-free number, 877 630 5757 877-630-5757. And then the email address, if you want to submit questions that way, is questions at calvarysa.com. Okay, right before we concluded the first half, we had a great call from Ron, uh, which was very personal to us. And I want to make sure we... we cover everything. There is something that, that May brought up during the break. Um, so that was related to Ron's question. So, sweetie, did you want to talk about that? Oh, well, um, I was just thinking of um, myself and also like uh, some of the women have mentioned it in our Bible study in Galatians. But um, a lot of us who have come from religion, uh, we find ourselves as Christians having to unlearn a lot of things. And in that process, um, it's a lot of like, uh, I guess, uh, learning what what God is all about in the Bible and throwing away, throwing out. Um, and, it, and actually, our verses uh, apply, throwing out those things that we've learned in the past, mm-hmm. past that were really, really ingrained in us. 
and they could be a number of things. Um, for me, like one of the things that I remember one of the priests saying is no one can interpret the Bible except for a priest. Right. And so, yeah. you know, I, I have to look at the Bible in a, in a way that it's for me now when before it was like, that's, it's too holy. Can't even touch it. That's right. Kind of thing. Th- so. That's interesting too. I heard the same thing growing up, but now we know the word of God it, in a, in a much different way. It's very personal, mm-hmm. very practical, and it's a lot simpler than what people, what religion makes it out to be. Yes. I love that about God's word. And I remember like also like a lot of feelings of guilt. And I don't know if that religion does that to you, but feeling yeah. like, because we had to do confession as Catholics and um, like almost like, uh, the, I guess I, what I deal with sometimes, well, not so much now, but I remember dealing with, okay, is going to God enough? Do I, should I tell other people, <laughs> you yes. know, and you know, that kind of thing. And, you bring up a really yeah. good point with religion. You never know if it's enough. Mm-hmm. You never know. Like, did I say enough prayers like, and are the way that I think and uh, you know, growing up as a kid, I remember, you know, getting the, 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 the penance to pray a certain amount of Hail Marys. And, and, and I thought, well, Lord, I'm going to be super repentant and prove it to you by doubling the amount of, of Hail Marys. <laughs> that misses the point entirely because you never know, though, with religion if it's enough. Now, with Jesus, this is the beauty of of a love relationship with Jesus Christ. The cross is more than enough. The cross is more than enough. And because of what Jesus did for me and for you, we look back at what's already done and we are justified freely. Justified freely. Romans chapter 3. Justified freely at the cross. Yes, so, so many things about growing up with the, the, you know, all the things that come with religion. It, you know, it, we bring it into our lives without even knowing it. You know, the things that you don't even realize that you're doing. Like what Ron was saying, I think he made a comment and he said, blessed mother or something like that. And it just rolled out of his mouth. But that's because it's so ingrained into what we used to be, but that's not who we are anymore. So unlearning is perfect. Like when Paul the Apostle spent the three years in the Arabian desert having to unlearn religion, Jesus was there with him, teaching him, and everything that he thought he knew, he had to unlearn. Um, and, And that's very similar to those of us that come from a religious background, a Catholic background. So let's move on. We do have another passage that's very near and dear to our heart. Um, so you shared from chapter 3, verse 13. And 14. Yeah. And 14. I want to go back a, a couple of verses in the same chapter because this is one that really stuck out to to me in our time of devotion. It's it, This is a common one, but still stuck out to me because it's so personal. Paul says in verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. And then he goes on. But that really speaks to me every time I read that because I think of the author, the one who penned this letter. There's probably nobody else from from a, a jail writing this letter. And he says, I want to know Christ. There's nobody that knows Christ on earth more than Paul, at, at least at this point. And there's nobody that's closer to him, closer to Jesus. But Paul says, I, I want to know him more. I want to know him more. And again, this is part of this unlearning, letting go of the past, but also 
getting to know who he is today more and more. And I think as Christians, at least for, for me personally, maybe you can elaborate this on your own personal thoughts, Woody, but for me, what speaks to me about this is that I remember as a new believer wanting to know Christ more, uh, digging into the Word of God because I, I had a lot of misconceptions about who he was and who he is. He's not an angry person that's waiting to drop the, a sledgehammer on me every time I mess up. But he's loving and kind and tender. He's merciful and, and just. And as I got to know him more and more, I was realizing that part of getting to know him also meant identifying with him in his sufferings. Paul says, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't like that part. Uh, and I don't think anybody does. But there's nothing that makes you closer to Jesus than suffering. Nothing that makes you closer to Jesus than suffering. At least... It can make you closer to Jesus if you let it. Suffering is one of those litmus tests in our lives that either we run away from the Lord even further or we run closer to him. And when Paul writes here in verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing his sufferings, becoming more like him. It blows my mind to think that there's nobody that already knows him more. He already is saved, but he wants to know him more. Do you have any thoughts on verse 10? or? or um, I like that? the power of his resurrection. Um, it says I may, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Um, I like that one because um, I think of just all the things we go through and, and, and the sufferings, I mean, the, the joys and the sufferings, but specifically with, with the, the fellowship of this, of his sufferings. Um, I don't like reading that part, (laughs) but it's true that in this life we do suffer. And if we suffer and, and we, if we receive it because it's, it's from Jesus or it's, um, or, or Jesus has allowed it. Yes. I feel like the fact that we have that power of his resurrection, that we could actually endure it. And, um, and if, if, if yes. Jesus, um, delivers us, then great. But if he doesn't, you know, to be able to know that that power is with us That's so right. that we can endure. That also reminds me of Hannah from last night. In her suffering, well, things seemed unfair for her. She could have easily complained. But if she were to complain, she wouldn't experience the power of of Jesus, the power of God working in her and through her. I always tell guys... When I'm teaching on Monday nights, you can't grumble and be grateful at the same time. You cannot, with your mouth, grumble and be grateful at the same time. Now, it doesn't mean we pretend that we love sufferings, but through the sufferings, we become more like Jesus. And that's the beautiful sanctification process you know, there was something that uh, happened recently or something that was brought up in conversation recently that, and I don't remember what it, what it was, it's not important, but I remember it brought up something from my past, something that, that, that I'd completely forgotten about. And, and I love actually wondering, was that really me? Because it seemed like forever but because of the power of his resurrection, that Ken is dead. Yes, that was me, but that Ken is dead. And, and, and the person who I am today is completely different, a brand new creation in Christ. I don't have to do guilt. I don't have to do shame anymore. And I don't have to do religion, that's for sure. Yeah, so that, that to me, is just one of the most comforting verses in in all of the New Testament. 
when I read about sufferings. How ironic is that? Okay, well, sweetie, let's go ahead and give that notice. I'm going to let the listening audience know that here in a minute I am going to take that question I mentioned earlier. If you're just tuning in, I do have an anonymous question here that was submitted and one that's appropriate for date day. But it does contain some material that may be inappropriate for children. So so parents, if you want to turn the radio down and you're in the car, you can do so for the next couple of minutes. And that way, if you don't think it's appropriate, then they don't have to listen to it. But our question is this. It's anonymous. And, and I'll just read what was submitted. This question uh, is may be inappropriate for children. My wife and I are both believers and love Jesus. As her husband, I have a very high sex drive for my wife. We've had kids back to back to back because of this. So there's no issues in our sex life together. Sex is actually amazing and honoring to God. But there is an issue I struggle with when I'm not with her. I understand lust is a sin, especially thinking lustfully of someone you're not married to is a sin. But is lusting for my wife or thinking sexually about my wife a lot, that's in caps, when I'm not with her considered lusting or sinful? Should I not think these things when I'm not with her? And should I only think of her sexually when we are physically together? I don't want to sin, and I really need some insight. Please help. Thank you. Okay, so this is a great question. It really is. And I think it's one that we can deal with. I love the honesty of this question. So let's talk about it. In the context of marriage, we know that the Bible says, actually what we've been talking about, when you become born again, the old is gone and the new has come. That means the old you and the the way we viewed sex apart from Christ, the way the world defines sex, is not what God's plan was for sex all along. God created sex, and he created it to be a beautiful thing to be enjoyed between a husband and wife. Any sex outside of marriage is sexual immorality. It's sin. And I love the way you phrase this and frame it, Anonymous, because it's obvious you love the Lord. But here, I think we can deal with your specific question. Uh, Is lusting for my wife or thinking sexually about my wife a lot when I'm not with her considered lusting or sinful? I would say no. And I think the Bible would say that because the Bible defines lust and sexual immorality or anything related to that outside of the confines of marriage— That's not what you're experiencing. I, in fact, I would go even further and say it's a great thing to have so sort of a a a a holy or a a healthy lust for your wife. Again, not in a worldly sense, but in a sense that that God has made you brand new. Your marriage is brand new, and that's the way God created the marriage relationship to be to be enjoyed uh, between husband and wife. And, you know, Hebrews 13 calls the marriage bed one that is undefiled. But the world defiles sex. That's not who we are anymore. So, obviously, now, the other extreme of this is you don't want to let your thoughts be consumed by this all the time where it could be a distraction. You know, when when you are not with your wife and say you're at work, anonymous, uh, then those thoughts come up. That's great. But you're at work. 
and make sure you're productive at work. And if it reaches the point to where you are sort of rendered useless, then that's when it no longer honors the Lord. Again, there's nothing wrong with uh, having a, a healthy hunger for your wife. That's a great thing in a marriage. But to the point to where it becomes a distraction, uh, that's when you have to be careful. Is it sin? I would say no. But if it becomes a distraction to the point to where you are rendered useless, then that's when it comes close to being sin. And that's when the Lord's not able to use you. So, Anonymous, thank you for your your question. Uh, I think it's a great one because this lays the foundation for a healthy marriage. One thing I'll add that, that you didn't mention here is this. Um, you know, sex is meant to be a relationship or the physical part of your marriage where your focus is on pleasing your partner, not being pleased by your partner. And so so lust is self-centered. But when your heart is seeking to please the Lord, then what you'll do is seek to please your partner within the confines of marriage. And that's a healthy marriage. So thank you for your question, I'll turn to my wife and ask her if there's anything she'd like to add to that. No comment. <laughs> we'll just uh, <laughs> hold up the hand for a, a high five. There you go. <laughs> Happy high five, National High Five Day. And that will be the end of that question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Anonymous. Oh, well, I love this show. I love this show. You see, on a date day, though, you can... You can take questions like that. And I, I, I know Mama Paula has done the same thing and even answered those questions and spoken in, in detail with, with people in the room. So if we can do anything to help you fall in love with Jesus, hey, that's why we're here. So praise the Lord. But, oh, let's continue on. And anything else you wanted to share about uh, these thoughts about Ron's call, sweetie. We've still got a lot of time on the show. Well, actually, not, not a lot of time, but we've got a, quite a few minutes left. So, I just wanted to talk more about pressing on. Okay. Because it is an action on our part to press on. And I feel that sometimes we just stand there. And um, Pastor Ron has said, um, God will take you as far as you want, as fast as you let him. Yes. And yeah. that has stuck to me. And I just want to go full force. <laughs> you know I, know I mean? love that. Pressing on. You know, what you just said action. is very true. You said, sometimes we just want to stand still. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. But Jesus is always moving. Jesus is always moving. And, and yes. we forget that. You know why? I, I, it's because our flesh always gravitates towards comfort. And, you know, Jesus is always moving, always doing. And it's not necessarily, you know, full speed ahead all the time, but Jesus is always working. Yeah. And my flesh is thinking, okay, when are we going to take a break? When are we going to stand still and do nothing? And that's when it becomes dangerous. Yeah. And I, I was speaking in a spiritual sense, but I know that sometimes requires physical physically getting yourself up and doing things. But yeah, no, you're right. Spiritually, mm -hmm. I mean, isn't it true that you and I deal with a lot of, uh, in counseling, we run across a lot of people who will admit that they're just spiritually lazy. Mm -hmm. Spiritually lazy. You know, like I said last night, uh, seeing some people that we haven't seen in a while was great. When you ask them, you know, where they've been or why they haven't been coming to church and, you know, some of them are honest and just say, well, you know, I just been lazy. Just didn't want to come. I got used to sitting. Yeah. And I actually welcome them back. I really am happy when I see yes. people come back to church. Um, I just pray that they would press on. 
pressing on spiritually is something that is so essential, but it is counterintuitive because our flesh wants to do the opposite. Pressing on means like when I don't feel like it. When I don't feel like it, Jesus says, let's go. Let's go. Or, or how about this? When, when somebody says something that's offensive. And again, I'm thinking of Hannah last night. She could have easily got distracted and said, hold on, hold on. Let me just give you a piece of my mind right now. That's not pressing on. Well, as a baby Christian, I remember um, that I took to heart things like people would point out, this is how you are and this is how you always been. And I knew I was a new creation, but um, I remember even that early on having to move past those thoughts and press forward. That's right. And I remember some of those conversations where and you know these people from, from our past, my past, that would try to bring the old Ken back. But we press on. Yes, we are new creations in Christ. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Sweetie, I love you. I love spending life with you. I love what the Lord has done. And it has been a pleasure to spend the date day edition with you. It's been really fun. And shout out to Mama Paula and Pastor Ron. Absolutely. We love you. Pastor Ron and Paula are doing well, enjoying their time. They send their love to the radio listening audience and... They will be back next week. I will be back here on the radio show tomorrow on the Word to Stand On for Life. See you at 4 o'clock. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.